Joining me right now is top-ranked UFC lightweight Dan Hooker. What's going on, Dan? Yeah, not too much. Just only a couple of weeks ago, so still kind of uh, stuck in the grind, as you would. You know, 2019 has passed. Half the year has passed. You know, what have you been doing the whole time? You know, I know you're busy <laughs> with the combat academy, and you have daddy duties and and training on top of that. What you know? What have you been focusing on? Yeah, well, I've been training pretty much the whole year, just uh, in the gym, making improvements, uh, getting better. Oh yeah, like as you say, um, I like to uh, stay busy with things and just building my gym and yeah, always improving. Even with the training going on, did you kind of uh, step away from, you know, the the fight game, you know, a little bit and kind of regroup by focusing on all these other things? Yeah, yeah, no, I did. So that's that's the longest um, amount of time off I've had my entire career. And that's, yeah, the longest away time away from fights, the longest time away from training. So it was, um, yeah, I feel like I've just kind of hit the reset button. I feel like I'm uh, starting starting fresh again. One thing I know that you've been working on is that scholarship program at your, at your gym. You know, how was it mentoring these fighters? I think it was the one-year anniversary for that. It just concluded. Uh, yeah, so we just had the uh, one-year one year anniversary party for my gym. So since my gym's been open, we've been open uh, 12 months. But now that uh, those boys are going doing good, uh, you know, Aaron Toll, one of my boys, he's, you know, fighting professional now, and he's got his second pro fight uh, on an XFC card in Australia. So, yeah, it's just like... Uh, I'm I'm glad I could help and, and give these guys some guidance. Now let's talk about your fight career. You know, you're coming off a tough loss to Barboza last November. You know, were there any major injuries coming out of that fight? Nah, nah, just a couple, uh, couple bumps and bruises, but uh, nothing, nothing serious. Now those bumps and bruises. You know, how long did it take you to kind of like? <laughs> sit on the couch and let everything heal and until you got back into, you know, training? Um, I can't even really remember. I think I, I, from memory, I started moving around pretty quick. Like it was only a couple of weeks and I was, you know, jumping around at my own gym and, and back to teaching my fighters and, and back into my, chuck my coach's hat back on. But, uh, yeah, pretty soon after, like three or four weeks, I was um, – back into training yeah it seems like a lot of guys you know like yourself you guys will go through a tough fight and then recover pretty quickly you know the damage doesn't last very long you guys are like wolverine or something yeah yeah there's a bit of there's a bit of saiyan blood or wolverine blood flying through there so um yeah i piece it back together pretty quick now in that fight you know there was a little bit of controversy with that fight, you know, a little bit about your corner. They should have thrown in the towel and all this, you know, nonsense was going on afterwards. You know, what were your thoughts on that whole situation with all these people coming out and saying these things? Uh, I don't really take too much note of it, to be honest. Like, um, after fights like that, I feel like you're not, uh, like, you're not, a, to me, as a fighter, like, they they pay me my money to fight. They pay me my money to go out there and and put on a show. They don't. And the people that really support me, they didn't ask me for an explanation. 
because it, at the end of the day, it is what it is. Like it was what it was. So there are two people I gave explanation to in, in the entire world, and that's uh, my mother and my wife. And so besides that, I don't feel like anyone else is entitled to a, a genuine explanation. And the people that are close enough to know me know that it's, to me, it's just water off a duck's back. Like that's, that's that by far is my first ass woman. And I can guarantee it's not going to be the last one. So if this is the sport you want to do, this is what you want to choose. You know, you can't go out there and, and, be pretty happy with dishing it out if you can't take it yeah in that fight did you kind of reach or did you ex exceed something in yourself did you feel that nah i thought i was being a i thought i was being a little bitch on that night i thought i was having uh, one of my uh <laughs> one of my softer days to be honest uh yeah I, I know what i'm capable of like that that um that will always be there for me. Um, it's just something I used to rely on. Uh, it's not something that I rely on anymore. But I know, I know that will always be in. All right. Well, you got another big fight coming up, James Vick, UFC San Antonio. It almost seems like even though you're coming off a loss, you know, you still can't get a fight. You know, it took you a little bit. I, I believe. <laughs> Did it take you a little while to get a fight? Yeah, well, you know, it's just the way the UFC works. Um, they they plan these things out pretty far in advance. So, you know, for for the guys that are a bit further up there and the guys that are on some decent money, they 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 plan them out months and months in advance. You know, they'll you know a newer guy or a guy who's just starting out in the UFC and he's not like on big money, then they they tend to. They can turn them around pretty quick, and they don't mind chucking them in last minute or, or keeping them active. But yeah, it seems to be the higher up you get, the harder it is to find a fight. So I don't know. It's just the way it works for me, being that I manage myself, um, and this is just the way I've done it my entire career. So when I when I want something, I, I kind of get the fans behind it as well because. You can see what happens. You know, it's a it's an entertainment sport. If you have the, if you are asking behind the scenes, it'll probably take even longer. But if I get the fans to go out there and help me and and uh, nag for with me, it seems to get things done pretty quick. Now the analysts and the pundits they're gonna look at this fight and they're gonna look at it as Vic got a three inch height advantage over you. He's got a little bit of a reach advantage over you. You know, and you're used to fighting guys shorter than you. Do you do you like this matchup of you know fighting a guy much taller than you? Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's an interesting fight. This will be the tallest guy I've ever fought. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be like real interesting. But it's it's far from the tallest guy I've ever trained with. You know, uh, it's a body type that I've had to deal with for the last decade. So. Behind the scenes, I think I've got a solid plan in place, you know, to, for, for fighting taller guys. Um, it's just that I guess no one's ever seen it because I've always been fighting people shorter than me. Yeah, at City Kickboxing, you do have a lot of tall guys. You know, one of the most famous ones that you've been working with throughout the years is Israel. Now, 
sparring him over the years, it must, it must, it's got to come in handy for you in this fight, right? You know, if, even though it's a different striking style, just the, 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 the range and the distance and stuff like that, right? Yeah, just kind of, um, yeah, closing the distance on a taller guy. Um, yeah, it's not something that, like, it's just, no one's ever seen it. You know, when you have, many people have seen it in the gym and they've seen it behind closed doors and how I deal with taller guys. And, uh, yeah, so for me, it's a challenge. For me, it's 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 interesting. I get to I get to come back. I get to work on something new, and I get to show the people something they've never seen. Definitely, man. I think that this is a, a fun fight. You know, even though it's a top fifteen fight, it's a fun fight. You know, a lot of times top fifteen fights are not as fun as people think, but this one is fun. Um, now let's talk about you know the lightweight division. UFC 242, early September, you got Khabib versus uh, Poirier. What's your breakdown of this fight? Because I know you do a lot of breakdowns. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a bit far off uh, for me to take like a serious, real look into it. But uh, Dustin's a real threat to Khabib. You know, he's he's been training at ATT a long time, and that's a, that's a wrestling-based German. He's a, he's a very strong grappler. So I feel like stylistically... It's going to be probably more difficult to hold Dustin down than any opponent that Khabib's ever had previously. And as we know, like Dustin only gets more dangerous as the fight goes on. And, and so, yeah, I feel like his ability to scramble back to his feet or, or even start stuffing takedowns and just the, the cardio he kind of brings to the table and, and the nonstop power, nonstop boxing. Um, yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards Dustin in the later rounds. Now, another guy that's in the lightweight division, Tony Ferguson. Do you think he's been screwed, you know, the last couple of years? Because he won that interim title, and he has a loss since 2012, you know? Like, shouldn't he be fighting one of these guys? Yes, yes. No, he should be fighting, uh, you know. But they needed to make this fight. They needed to make an interim title, and then, he, because of the things going on kind of behind the scenes, it kind of never came to fruition. But um, it's just the way it goes, man. Like, it's just the way it goes. Like, some people kind of fall into title shots. Like, Ally Quinn kind of fell over and landed in a title shot. And then, yeah, guys on 12-fight win streaks, and they're, they're still yet without a title shot. So it's, it's just a funny game. It's a funny business. And just the stars haven't aligned for him. Now your gym, your team, City Kickboxing, you know, there, there's so many fighters out there, you know, like I've been covering your team for a long time, uh, but there's a lot of guys people don't know around the world that are beasts, that are monsters, that have been killing it in Australia and in New Zealand. You know, could you give us some of the names, you know, you know, give them some shine. <laughs> some of the guys coming through. Um, yeah, so I feel like there's a few guys that they, they people need to keep their eye on like uh brad riddell and his tr transition to to mma is going to be pretty dangerous you know he's one of the best kickboxers in the world as well he's an explosive guy and he's not far off i don't think uh the ufc level another one there's a light heavyweight coming through uh carlos olberg and he's uh one of the only other guys same with israel to win the king of the ring eight man at two different weight divisions or um so he's got two King of the Ring titles and he's undefeated in the MMA. So I feel like 
a few more wins. I, from what I hear, you know, there's a lot of interest in that guy, and, and he's a definite future superstar in the light heavyweight division. All right, man. July 20th, UFC on ESPN4, San Antonio, Texas. Dan, I always appreciate the time, and uh, good luck on everything that you're doing in your life, man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it.